welcome to a new world of entertainment. The Ultimate Film Television Podcast. Featuring Mike Winkler. Alistair Engelhart. Daniel English. Jeremy Larson. And Jason Kabasi. Created by friends. All film lovers. We feature in-depth discussions and celebrity interviews. This podcast is available on all major platforms. Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action Entertainment Reviews Podcast. On this episode... First learned about this seven years ago on a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target has superhuman abilities. It had the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. As Mortal Kombat. These are your champions. I'm Sonya. That's Kano. I'm Liu Kang. Name's Jax. Kong Lao. Lord Raiden. The fate of Earth is in our hands. No matter how many of my people you put in the ground, we will not fail. Kill them. Fucking beauty. Moral combat, ladies and gentlemen. The reboot's yeah, arrived. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Well, um, our first really big review of, of 2021 big movie season, because last year we didn't have one, and Mortal Kombat launches it up for us. Yes, it did. And it did not disappoint. 
at least in my eyes, uh, much to what the reviews for this movie have shown. Yeah, um, I mean, the reviews are better than we've ever had for a Mortal Kombat movie before, especially since the last one we had with Annihilation was complete garbage. Um, but, you know, a lot of the reviews were very similar. There was a lot of similar wording and, and, and what problems they had with characters and such. And, yeah, I mean, you're right. I, yeah, I can agree with some of those. I, I'll give it that. I'll give them that much. Is that I can agree with some of the issues that the people that have reviewed this movie have said, mm-hmm. but they weren't enough for, to detract from the movie for me at all. Um, no, I think I think the movie. Don't get me wrong; had its share of problems, especially some pacing issues. And hey, the there back. we go. Alrighty. Hey, what's going yeah. on, Anthony? Ah, we got our first comment. Welcome in. All right. So, yeah, I believe the first act, you know, had a little bit of a share of problems. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, considering this is a video game made film, I thought this was a pretty well made film, considering it's based off a fighting video game. Which, if you know anything about movie adaptations of video games, doesn't matter mm-hmm. what it is, it's usually going to be dog shit. Um, with the exception of a few here and there, you, there, the expectations are not usually high when it comes so, to video game movies. So this, by far, is the best movie adaptation of a video game that we've seen so far to date. Uh, don't even give me that look. You know it's true. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that 100%, but it's definitely, definitely up there. I will, I will give you that. But this is a Mortal Kombat movie that we should have gotten a long time ago. Uh, yeah, and it's a movie that I'm actually surprised we didn't get. Um, maybe even if more than a few years ago, when video game movies were really hitting their stride, they really were making a lot of them, like Tomb Raider, Assassin's Creed, and Resident Evil. But you know, maybe with time, maybe it was better they waited because I think with time this has aged better, and I think they were able to do more with the effects and be able to get it the way it should have been years ago. Yes, the problem with that is though that. I mean, it, it didn't matter if it would have aged better or not. They, A, they did this because of the new Mortal Kombat games stemming from 2011, the reboot. Right. And it gave the new players and, you know, the people that have known the franchise from beforehand, uh, they gave them a new film to appreciate. And hopefully they actually do well in, which, in my opinion, they delivered. But also because it was not long enough for the abomination that was Annihilation. Yeah, I mean, Annihilation... They needed more time to pass. uh, Annihilation was just a shitstorm, and it was a garbage fest, and uh, it did. It needed time to pass. And um, I'm happy to say, too, that um, I think that the film's greatest strength really is the opening or one of the film's strength is the opening because I think that they do such a great job of telling the origin story in a way of Scorpion and being able to see the death of his family and how he needs to get revenge on Sub-Zero and how that whole thing just works itself out. We're able to connect with characters right out of the gate, which is something that I don't even think the original Mortal Kombat did the way this does. You see, I actually had a slight issue with that beginning, though, because it just made it seem like they were nothing more than just 
in rival clans that entire time. Um, and especially from being centuries ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who knows the actual stories that um, the original Scorpion Bihan, uh, while yes, he was an antagonistic character of sorts, mm-hmm. his killing of Scorpion was nothing more than strictly business. Um, Quan Chi was the one that was behind the death of his clan and family. And that was okay. to manipulate uh, Scorpion in order to get him into a service. See, I'm not 100% familiar with, 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 with the way the game story works, so I'm kind of going into this not knowing that much about the mm-hmm. game background. So um, I'm well, glad just like, a lot that. of like the negative reviews right. you're going to be seeing are going to be based off you know all the different story elements that the games have uh, brought forth that mm-hmm. we know, or at least that the people that are um, familiar with the franchise that uh, that's what they're complaining about is they're missing some of these elements. I mean, based upon everything I've seen, uh, fans of the video game reviews I've read on Reddit and, 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 and Tumblr and stuff like that. A lot of the reviews from the fans of the game have been very strong. They, they appreciate the, the, uh, the choreography, the fight scenes, and oh, yeah. some, of, some of the character work, which I think was very well done. Um, I know yeah, they, did, they did a great job with that. Cole Young is the major uh, annoyance of mine. Yeah, he's but, a brand new character, correct? Yeah. Okay. But I can't even call it that big of a deal that he um he's in here. As much as it gets on my nerves that he's a part of this, even and the main focus of the film really. Mm-hmm. When you know he's not a part of the franchise whatsoever, minus this film. Yeah, I kind of had a little bit of a problem with that too. Knowing that Cole Young is not a character from the games, and that they gave him, you know, a power but, and such. What well, are they going to do the with him? That I can't. The, well, one of the things I can understand is it did help, I guess, um, go a little bit further into Scorpion's uh, backstory. I guess with uh, being a descendant of. The mm-hmm. bloodline, mm-hmm. but let's talk about this real quick. Like okay. the casting for this film, mm-hmm. I couldn't have pictured other people playing these roles. No, I thought they were very well casted, just from the especially Sub Zero and Hanzo slash Scorpion. Mm-hmm. Those two are absolutely fucking insane. The fact that they had to tell the guy who's playing Sub-Zero in this film that he needs to slow down because <laughs> he's just flowing through it incredibly fast. I loved Sub-Zero in this movie. I, I, I loved how he was that lingering threat. I liked how much of a badass he was. In every fight scene he was in, he just was ruthless. And I couldn't help but in a way almost cheer for him just a little bit. No, no. Uh, but... But the guy who played Hanzo slash Scorpion, the guy is 60 years old, 60 plus years old, mm-hmm. and he still looks he could, he could easily jump over someone standing full straight up and be able to drop kick your head right off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, that that actor because he's played in so many different things. Uh, he, he even played the the villain in Rush Hour 3, but he played in the movie called uh, Sunshine. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's a sci-fi movie 
No, uh, with, I with Killian Murphy. He plays in that movie as well. Everything I have seen him in, he brings something to those movies that make th- make them memorable. And I don't know if it's just um, the presence he has on screen or if it's just the way he brings his characters to life. But every movie he is in, he just gives the movie a whole new whole new meaning in a way. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, one of the other things that I saw a lot of people had a lot of gripes about were the uh, um, dragon uh, marking on the them. Emblems. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was an interesting way to explain like how the people got their powers and all that, how they're selected for the uh, uh, Mortal Kombat tournament. Right. Well, and yeah. I how they explained it like how, you know, you either got it from birth or you killed someone that already had the mark. Mm-hmm. And that's how you ended up getting the mark on you. How did you feel about Sonya getting getting her abilities the way she did, and how the whole movie she basically doesn't have them until the end, until she kills Kano? Oh, my issue with that is I wasn't expecting Kano to die already. Yeah. So I'm clear. expecting that they're probably gonna, you know, pull the sci-fi bullshit that Mortal Kombat does and find a way to bring half these people back. Yeah, I agree. I to me, I saw some of these characters um, die so early, and I'm like, these characters can't be gone for the remainder of the franchise if it continues. I really doubt that they will be. Yeah, but I uh, do you know much about Sonya? At least from the franchise, her powers were more like the high tech gadgets that she had on her. She never really had her own powers per se. Like, they were all no. more so that it was all the high-tech um, wrist gadgets that she had that launched those, uh, uh, beam, uh, that launched that energy blast at people. That pink beam that she had yeah. in the movie. Yeah. But it was a good way, I guess, to explain her getting her stuff. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Jack, yeah. Uh, the one that was interesting to me, though, that mm. they explained, or that they did, was that uh, this is the first time that we've seen Sub Zero was responsible for um, ripping Jax's arms off. Um, who did that in the game? There's been multiple different explanations for that. Um, okay. There's been like it's been Baraka. There's been uh, Goro. There's been a few people that have been responsible for uh, Jax's arms getting removed. Speaking of Goro, Anthony brings up, he says, what about Goro's small screen time? I agree, Anthony. I did not like the fact that we only got Goro for maybe a total of 15 minutes. Yeah, it was very In the minimal. film, I was expecting him to be a lot more uh, involved in this, at least when he was introduced. Mm-hmm. But again, this falls back to what I was just saying a couple minutes ago in that I have a feeling like half these people are going to be brought back in some way, shape, or form. So I, I get ready to be expecting Goro to possibly return in the next film. Um, especially considering he's the so-called champion from Outworld. Yeah, yeah. so he's got to make a return. I, I feel like them mentioning that, it just, it just feels like he's going to have to return to some degree. But Anthony also goes on and he says... The original Mario and Luigi was the greatest movie video game adaptation ever made, Jason. 
So I'm going to not even bother commenting on that um, mm -hmm. because that movie was one of the worst I've ever seen. Uh, it, it It's definitely um, not even a video game adaptation in my mind. It's just a movie made about two guys that are pretending to be Mario and Luigi from the video games with a weird effects, weird worlds, and I don't even know how else to describe it. <laughs> but uh, thanks for coming in, though. and We appreciate you having more mm -hmm. people tuning in and commenting on it. Yeah, keep questioning. We'll keep answering as, as we go along. Um, um, but yeah, let's go into what else you got for me, like for this movie. Um, because I can explain a lot about this franchise. That's, that's what I like. You, you, right now, you on our lights, camera panel. You are the Mortal Kombat guru, so that's that's why I'm going to ask these questions because it makes me understand the movie a little bit better too, as, as well. Um, who was your? Uh, who do you think ended up having the? Uh, who was the best adaptation? Who who who? felt faithful to the game who felt faithful to the game yeah oh, um i'm gonna get some flag for this i guess and away from some people kano i liked kano i to me he was just an enjoyable character to me, Kano in the games was just like Kano in the movies in the sense that he felt like a bit of comic relief and that he was easy to piss off. There were some good but lines. I do have the, the small issues that they did with Kano's character in this and mm -hmm. that uh, Reptile was responsible for uh, the damage done like around his eye. That mm -hmm. never happened in the games. That was... I. Don't remember what the reasoning behind that was, but how he got his uh, the laser beam from his eye in the games and in the origin stories is that it was his eye was um like the severely damaged, mm -hmm. and they had a um a metal piece that was put in like grafted on his eye socket, and one of the uh, Side effects of it was that it was able to shoot the laser beam from his eye. Hmm. So and I do like thing. what one of the things also that I just found out not that long ago was that uh, how they did Kano in this movie was sort of going off a side uh, side story slash one shot that they did with um, in comic lore with Raiden and Kano. With hmm. Kano being, I guess, a descendant from of someone who saved Earthrealm not a long time ago, mm -hmm. and how Kano betrayed Raiden to join uh, Shao Kahn and Shang Tsung in Outworld, and joy and because they were, you know, going to pay him more. So the betrayal was pretty authentic in the movie. Just it happened in different ways in the game. Yeah, it happened in different ways, but. Little Easter eggs. If you've picked, if you, I don't know if you've played the games at all, Mike. Briefly here and there, but little Easter eggs that they've done, uh, at least with Kano's character, was after was after the heart rip after he ripped out uh, Reptile's heart. Mm -hmm. How he goes, you know, Kano wins. It's the classic announcer's voice. Yep. Uh, that they do after everything. You get the, I don't know whether, I don't remember if it was here or if it was at a different point in the film, but uh, no, it was Liu Kang saying uh, fatality, uh, more more things at 
little Easter eggs to the games. Mm-hmm. So the announcer and the deep voice going fatality after you kill someone. Uh, you got Kung Lao after he kills Natara, which is one of the best scenes in my opinion. I loved that because oh, for real quick before I get back on the uh, that. I loved the fight scenes in this, especially when it comes to the fatalities, because of it reminded me so much of the games and the fact that it was that campy blood going everywhere, like fucking red paint everywhere, gallons of it. Mm -hmm. I I don't care what people say. It was like it felt over the top and all that. That's what the games were about when it came to fatalities, that they were over the top. Well, it's like it's like this movie. If it wouldn't have had blood, it wouldn't have been a Mortal Kombat movie. And that's why the blood actually is actually very important to making this movie true to form. But yeah, one of the things that I did like was uh look going back to that was how he uh threw his hat onto the ground and it was spinning. He pretty much flew Natara right into the hat, split her from head all the way down the middle. It was a bad and, Which, it was an homage to his fatality in uh, Mortal Kombat uh, the reboot in 20, mm-hmm. from 2011. Uh, but instead of going head first, it was crotch first. It was crotch and, first? Yeah. Oh, in the okay. game, it was crotch first. Okay. Uh, but... Him putting the hat back on and going flawless victory mm-hmm. was what after you did a perfect round and all that never got hit and you uh, beat someone. You, the announcer always goes flawless victory. In the other films, when they tried doing that, it was always you know they got the shit kicked out of them still and they go flawless victory. No, that doesn't happen. Yeah, why the hell would they do that? That doesn't even make sense. Anybody who's played the games will know that after watching the movies as well. Well, I can definitely tell just from, just from the little bit of the game that I saw, uh, the, the director here, um, his name is Simon McQuad. Simon McQuad. He did, I thought a very good job trying to stay as faithful to the game as he could within a movie. I mean, it's hard to really stay 100% faithful, but I thought he, he, you could tell that he paid close attention to the games to try to do things that were similar. Like, you knew that they were going to go off the trail. It was to be expected. Sure. Um, They were going to add elements to the film that weren't in the game, so they were going to do things a little differently, mm-hmm. which it's to be expected. You can't expect something to go 100% dead to rights, like, follow it through. No. No, you're right, you're right. I mean... Movies. This is the biggest problem with video game movies in the past is that if you look at a lot of video game movies, they stray so far away from the source material that you end up getting a movie that doesn't even feel like it was based on the video game at all. And here we get a like movie Mario that, and Luigi, the first movie. That's a good point. Anthony. And <laughs> that's a good point. And and here we have a we have a movie that stays pretty faithful to the games, and yet now we're criticizing it for not doing what they criticized video game movies for to begin with. So it's kind of like you can't have it both ways. Oh, I agree. Uh, going back a little bit, like back to the beginning of the film, uh, how they did the introduction to uh, Hanzo and Sub-Zero, I thought was absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. 
uh, with, you know, Hanzo showing that, you know, he's very caring about his family. He'd do anything for them. And how much emotion he showed after his family was, you know, seen dead. Right. Uh, and how you see just how much of a badass he actually is, like, when he's motivated like that. Mm -hmm. And then it was... And then it leading into the rest of the films and all that. I have a feeling what we're going to see here, though, with the death of Sub-Zero, it's the thing that I have one of my biggest gripes for. Mm -hmm. Is that the whole story behind Sub-Zero that they did in this film... Mm -hmm. Because Bihan was the original Sub-Zero. His younger brother was the one that took over the mantle of Sub-Zero and led the Lin Kuei after uh, Bihan's death. Mm -hmm. My issue with that, though, is the way that they left it, it almost feels like they're not, going, they're not planning on going that route whatsoever for the films. And that's one of my biggest gripes is because you're leaving out someone who is a major character throughout the entire franchise there, and that was Sub-Zero's younger brother. Hmm, you're leaving out a massive story uh, plot in that um, Sub-Zero and Scorpion eventually made up, like, they made up the differences between them Mm -hmm. And we're able to unite their clans in, uh, you know, fighting for a good cause. So you don't think that they're going to bring back Sub-Zero at all? Well, my, well if they do, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. Especially considering um, the original Sub-Zero that we got from this film ended up in Quan Chi's which is another character that we probably won't end up seeing unless mm -hmm. we actually, unless they decide to go this route somehow. Uh, he ended up becoming one of Quan Chi's revenants, uh, Noob Saibot, which if you're mm -hmm. oh, follow the games at all, he's one of the mainstays ever since Mortal Kombat 2. He was a uh, hidden, unplayable character. Hmm. And a little bit of trivia on that, uh, Anyone who's ever wondered what who Noob Saibot was, just look at the two people that were the heads behind the games, uh, Tobias and Ed Boone. Okay. Their names were just spelled backwards. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Um, so do you think we've also seen the last of Scorpion? No, no. We have not seen the last of Scorpion. I'm glad, because I was... I was hoping that wasn't the case. Which it gives me kind of a bit of hope that we'll see more of um, Sub-Zero because where Scorpion is, wherever Scorpion is, you're always going to be Sub-Zero somewhere there as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't have one without the other. Um, one of the things I do love about how at the end of the movie, how what they ended up killing Sub-Zero with the uh, fatality, that like the fire from his mouth, mm -hmm. that's an... Uh, homage to one of his classic fatalities. Uh, how it's the same where he uh, burns people alive with a uh, hellfire through his mouth. And 
how it's always the weirdest thing because it always turned like his face uh like uh charred bone. Hmm. So it did follow that well, and it was always mm -hmm. weird because you never knew whether or not how Scorpion sometimes either had flesh or if it under his mask or if it was uh, uh, just a skull head. So they did a decent job with that. Okay. Well, Anthony has a question. He says, do you think all the protagonists will be back? Uh, considering that the ones that we have left from the uh, movie at the end – I believe that we will see them all because they're going to be on the search for the new champions to join them in the tournament. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we will end up seeing all the protagonists back that we had in this one. Well, that leads me to the perfect question now because it was hinted at the end. Who do you think they're going to cast as Johnny Cage? Oh, this is a debate I've been wanting to have. I don't know necessarily who I want them to cast as Johnny Cage. I know there's a couple of different people I was seeing that uh, were being rumored from at least, or they what a few of my friends have been wanting them to be. The man's greatest bitch. I'd actually be willing to see that. Yeah, I think it'd be a good fit. He could. He has the cockiness of playing. Uh, Johnny Cage with not a question. He can pull that off. Mm -hmm. My issue is, is that you need someone that has a martial arts background. You need someone that has the Johnny Cage look. Mm -hmm. You need, he also have that martial arts background. I think that's a given to be able to keep up with anyone in this cast. You need to be able to fight. Yeah. Um, you also need someone who has that, who can play a really cocky, arrogant character like Johnny Cage very well while doing that at the same time. Um, I've been seeing, or at least I've been hearing from people that they want to see Henry Cavill play Johnny Cage. Really? I have issues with that statement. Yeah, I think I have a few issues with that too. I don't think that's a. I have thing. major issues with that, is because Henry Cavill could look the part all he wants there. Yeah. The problem with that being Henry Cavill is too muscular of a person. Yeah, I I think he'd have to he, lose a lot he, of his muscle mass. He'd have to lose a lot of his muscle mass and tone himself to that martial art, like that standard martial artist look. Mm -hmm. Where yeah, they still have a bit of muscle and they're toned ready to fight but it's not you know big hulking you know witcher style character yeah i i just i don't see i don't see that working at all i just and I not don't. to mention here's the biggest thing about that does does henry cavill have a martial artist background not that i know of so i don't think he could pull it off no, I, I again, this falls into you need someone who has that martial artist's background. You need someone that has even the even the slightest similar look to Jean Claude Van Damme, because that's who Johnny Cage is based off of is Jean Claude Van Damme. Well, it's not a bad idea. I'm looking online here, and of course, the Miz is the one that's really buzzing around the internet right now, but. Now there's an article that came out on Screen Rant that says Mortal Kombat 2 has this Johnny Cage with the revelation that Matrix star Keanu Reeves will be playing the franchise character. 
they're going to be, they have all that coming up. But the problem is, he is too old to be doing this shit. Still. That's what I, that's what I thought too. And I'm, and I'm looking here, this looks like there's an update on this. Um, okay. Going through the article, this was in fact an April fool's joke. Yeah. Okay. So that's not true. So as of right now, uh, the Miz is the one that's really making the rounds here. Um, some of the cast kind of threw in some of the hat, some of some of their stuff here. The one that actually flew out there, I don't know why, was James Marsters, who played Cyclops and X Men. I mean, he's I think he's I've been too hearing old too. I've been hearing that a lot. I've been hearing that a lot. I'm looking on Cinema Blend right now, so give me just one second. But uh, I'm looking at like a lot, a lot of these like fan uh, fan arts and stuff. The Miz does he does capture the look, I think, pretty well. Yeah. Um, uh, this is from the guy who played, uh, Cole Young, Lewis Tan. Uh-huh. Um, and this is what he had commented, uh, when asked about the candidates for Johnny Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a champagne problem. I think that Johnny is such an iconic character, and I think that we are building a new energy for this movie. We're building something that is respectable to the franchise from before, but we're also bringing a new era, like the trailer said. You know what I mean? That's how I, that's how we really feel about it. So there's many ways that it can go in my mind. There was an April Fool's hmm. joke on Twitter that I saw where it was like Keanu Reeves is going to play Johnny Cage, and <laughs> I was like, that's a pretty interesting casting. Then there's also guys like Scott Atkins, who is an incredible martial artist and an actor. And I think that would be kind of a cool way to go about it. So the thing that I have is that a lot of the people that we, that we're seeing in this film Mm -hmm. are a lot more people that the general public or or general movie watchers don't know who they are. They're relative unknowns. True. I think this is what we need is someone that can fill the role of Johnny Cage that is more of an unknown. We can speculate and guess all we want as to who they're going to do, mm. but in the grand scheme of things, we're going to get someone that hasn't really broken into the spotlight at all yet. I mean, if you look at The Miz, I mean, The Miz is known, but he's not known in the not, acting role. I am not okay with that not for only one reason, and that's because they're going to try and do whatever they can to make the movie about Johnny Cage then. They're going to try and have him have way too prominent of a role mm-hmm. when I when he shares the screen with other people. That's about as much as I will give Johnny Cage because he wasn't a character that the story was all about him. Hmm. And depending on who you're casting for Johnny Cage, if you cast like a high profile name in any way, shape, or form, you're gonna be you're gonna end up forcing more onto the movie being about him. And I don't want that. Okay. My question to you is now, since, since you don't really care for the Cole young character, would you be okay if they shifted away from Cole and made it about Johnny instead? No, I think at this point, if it's already done, they need to keep it in there. Okay. But in reality, the whole story behind it's been mainly about Luke Kang. Yeah, the yeah, franchise I, was always mainly involved in Liu Kang being the one that was the savior for Earthrealm. I mean, they could still go that direction. 
<clears throat> they could, but with the introduction of Cole Young and everything into this film, like unless they pull a surprise death early on in the next film or two, mm-hmm. I think that this we're going to be seeing Cole being the mainstay. I, you're probably right. Um, so, and I, it's, I've let it not be too much of a uh, tick on my shoulder at this point. <laughs> Um, I wanted to go over a few of these. I've been looking this up. This has been development facts about the production. This is I found this to be a little interesting. So yeah. in 97, Robin Shaw's original Mortal Kombat contract was for three pictures. Okay. So prior to production on the second sequel, which was initially scheduled to commence shortly after the release of Annihilation, but was shelved due to Annihilation's poor reception and disappointing box office performance. Attempts to produce a third film since then have remained stuck in development hell with numerous script rewrites, storyline, cast changes, and such. In November of 2001, a poll on the official Mortal Kombat website, hosted by Threshold Productions, asked fans which characters they believed would die in the third movie. So it went on and so forth. So in 2010, we got the Mortal Kombat Rebirth, which was an eight-minute short film that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in September of 11, New Line Cinema announced that the guy that did that was hired to direct a new feature-length film from the Rebirth writer. So shooting was expected to begin in March of 2012 with a budget between 40 and $50 million. And supposed to come out in 2013. However, the project was ultimately delayed due to budget constraints, and the director began working on the second season of Mortal Kombat Legacy until problems with the film had been sorted out. So that didn't work itself on. Uh, James Wan signed on as the film's producer in August of 15. McQuad was actually hired on as the director of this film in November of 16, and mm-hmm. it's a fact that it all came to, came to fruition. But this is the interesting part. So in April of this year, McQuad revealed that the film came quite close to the line of getting an NC-17 rating, saying in full, what we had to be was a bit careful because NC-7 territory enters pretty quickly. Um, So it makes me wonder, are we going to possibly see an unrated cut come out on on Blu-ray that's going to have extended death and fatalities? I think we will. I hope they do. I'd like to see more. Uh, They're going to have to be really careful with that, though. Because that's going to very much hamper sales mm-hmm. uh, of the DVD when that eventually comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we'll end up getting a director's cut of this film. Yeah, I, I firmly believe that there is some definitely extended fatalities and death scenes that we didn't get here. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, all right, so I guess the one big question, you know... Uh, that I really want to get to is that, you know, now that we've gotten this film and it appears like it's going to be successful, it made 22 million at the box office this weekend. And that's the theaters aren't even open. HBO max will get even more numbers. So I think we're probably going to get a sequel. I think there's going to be enough here to get one. We know there's plans to do one. Um, well, they're, I've uh, got, they're looking for people to cast through four films. So, and mm-hmm. as far as I know, a lot of the people that are in this uh, film have signed on to do at least three movies. Yeah. Sub-Zero being one of them. Well, that right there should be a dead giveaway that he's not gone. I mean, if they signed a guy for three movies and they knew at the end he was going to quote-unquote die, that pretty much is a dead giveaway. So I have a feeling we could end up seeing some of the stuff I had brought up before uh, being brought into light. So we, who knows what's going to happen from here. Sure, true. So I guess my, my final question would basically be, what do you want to see out of the sequel? What do you want to see them do better? What do you want to see them eliminate from this movie? I want to see them 
eliminate some of the downtime that this film had, like some of the lull period. While, mm-hmm. yes, I understand that this is the first film that's to be expected if they're planning on franchising this one and making multiple films. This is to be expected. They expect to do a lot of origin stuff, do a lot of background stuff on characters, bringing them up. I get that. But you don't need to spend as much time as they did explaining some of them. Yeah, I think they did spend a little bit too much, and I would have liked to have seen more uh, from uh, from uh, from Shang and and Raiden. So I really want to get to know more of their background, and I feel like that maybe we're going to get that in the sequel because I think it's hinted at at the end of the film. Well, um, I, I the, Raiden's one of the Elder Gods. He can't, but he's he's protector of Earthrealm. He's one of the Elder Gods. Mm. He can't part- He can't do anything when it comes to Earthrealm. When it, when it when it involves the Mortal Kombat tournament right. itself. Right. Maybe that, just they explain that one pretty well. Do you, is there potential to see flashbacks with his uh, confrontation with him? It's possible. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I he's not going to have anything to do with Shang Tsung. He's not going to be involved in that. He's going to be a mentor and a guide to everyone, but he's not going to be involved in that fight. So you think it, he had when we him? see him is going to be when it involves Shao Kahn when they bring him in. Okay. Um, as for what I want to see in the next film, more Goro. Bring him back. Bring bring Goro back. We need him in this film. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to bring some of the characters that were killed off in this one back because they were integral parts to the franchise to the first series. Um, what we need to see, I think, is, uh, more, I guess, more, more fleshed out scenes when it comes to the fights and all that, because, yeah, while it was good, I think it felt like it was all crammed in one time frame for the most part at, towards the end of the film, because, uh, it just was a free for all, let's fucking just kill each other. I yeah, think I, it, they need to follow that tournament state where, you know, they actually have the fights throughout the film. Some of my gripes with the film, and mainly this is just based on the, the the filmmaking standpoint, is that I felt like some of the editing was weirdly paced. I felt like some scenes, like the way they jumped from one thing to another, like, for instance, we got Sub-Zero at uh, Cole's uh, house with, with his wife and his daughter, and then all of a sudden it jumped to the next scene he was coming through the portal. It just seemed like it was too quick and the transition just it just seemed like some of the editing was just off at times. No, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, when they jumped out of the plane and all of a sudden went, went from jumping out of the plane to all of a sudden they're walking through the desert, it just felt weirdly chopped. Well, they were going over the desert when they uh, jumped out of the plane, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean... I, I forgave it for that, but I don't know. There was just some scenes that just felt felt weird. Like the movie could have got gotten some more room to breathe. Like they rushed I, I agree. Room the times. I agree. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get a little a little bit more of a lengthy film. I guess if they're going to go more explaining explanations in this film again, mm-hmm. so that way they can get through it. They can pace things a little bit better. We can get rid of some of these issues that people had with the first film. Yeah, I think there's there's things they can learn from this, and I think the sequel might be better for it. I don't think we're going to get another annihilation situation. I think they've learned from those no, mistakes. No, God, no. 
Um, if, they have, if they ever did go through another annihilation situation, we're going to be seeing the end of this. For, we will not see any more movies ever made for Mortal Kombat again. Most definitely. I think they're going to learn from what they did wrong here, and it's going to get better for it. Uh, Anthony says, do you think we need a Zack Snyder cut of Mortal Kombat? <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say a Zack Snyder cut, but I think, well, I think if we're going to get a director's cut of this film, we're going to end up getting a little bit more lengthy of a film, just that way we can see a little bit more of the shit explained properly. Yeah, some some and characters hopefully it'd be a little bit more paced out. Yeah, some characters deserved a little bit more than others gotten, and I would have liked to have seen some other characters get more screen time than some of the ones they chose to use instead. And uh, it's just that balance issue, like we said. Yeah, but I for them coming back to the franchise with this, it's to be expected. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, you know, again, they did a lot of things right here. And this is how you do video game movies correctly. And like we said, there's not that many that have done it correctly. And this is in the category of something that was done right. And I think they can learn from this. Like Hollywood can learn how to do video game movies properly by watching. This is a fine example. I agree. Uh, but so with this, uh, unless you have anything else to add, Mike, let's get to the ratings. All right. Do you want me to go or you want to go? Go ahead. Okay. So, um... I definitely enjoyed this a lot more than 95s and definitely a lot more than Annihilation. So I definitely would put this at number one and then 95s combat at two and then Annihilation, of course, at three. Oh, I'm that's not gonna, expected. Yeah, I'm not even going to count the, uh, the Rebirth and Legacy as part of that. Um, definitely. No, I'm uh, talking about just ratings for this film. Yeah, definitely uh, high up on the um, video game scale. Um, I'm one that really enjoyed uh, the newest Tomb Raider movie. I thought that was also very faithful to the video game since I played that. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And, and I saw a lot of similarities with this movie doing a lot of what Tomb Raider did. Like, like it almost appeared like Warner Brothers made both movies. It appeared as though Warner Brothers learned from what they did right in Tomb Raider, the newest Tomb Raider. And they took some of that and put that in here and they just built off what they did so well. So I think that things are trending in the right direction. Um, so overall, I think I would give the movie a solid, a solid B minus, I think. Okay. Uh, for me, it was all about the throwbacks that they went to in this film when it came to the video game franchise and the movies prior. The little Easter eggs and hints that you got throughout the film mm -hmm. that really just sold it for me a lot. Um, the movie itself was thoroughly enjoyable. I personally really liked it a lot. There were oh, minor gripes I've had the film that we've gone over and mm -hmm. there weren't anything like it was too too much of an issue as much as I like to bitch about the fact that Cole Young was in the film but I can understand that uh, the good far outweigh the bad in my opinion about this film so I really enjoyed this uh, I'm going to have to give this one like a solid B solid B well, so we're kind of on the uh we're kind of on the same same spectrum here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think uh, what I hope is, considering how faithful they were to the video game, I'm hoping that that newest Resident Evil is coming out in November. I'm hoping that that's going to be a similar formula that's done here. 
It's going to be very faithful to the video games. And based on what I've heard from that director, it sounds like a lot of what I heard from this director leading up to this film. So I'm, I'm very, I'm excited to see what Resident Evil is going to do just based off of what I saw positively out of this film. Well, let's hope we get something good coming out then. Yeah. But all right. Uh, is there anything else you want to add for this film, Mike? I think that's pretty much it. Uh, coming up, um, we are talking about doing Marvel's WandaVision. We're talking about, we're going to get that Jurassic Park retrospective started up here soon. Schedules have been kind of all over the place for everybody, so we're going to get to that. Oh, I think I lost Jason here. Um, we're going to get to that. Uh, it's coming, so don't worry. Oh, Jason's awesome. back. Um, but yeah, all in all, we're, yeah, we're again, really, really no, excited. I know why it keeps doing that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so WandaVision, Jurassic Park's coming. Um, yeah, like I you were saying, Jurassic Park is going to be the retrospective for that. It's just, like you said, it's just been schedules been all over the place. Um, me and you have got our Browns podcast coming up this week mm-hmm. for the draft. So we're, this week has kind of been not good for us to do this. So all over the place. Looking at probably in the next week or two, we're thinking about uh, not this upcoming week, but the week after week after that the should be doing the starting. Yeah, uh, I'll even throw this out here because this is Jason, uh, uh, mine and Jason's podcast, Brown's podcast this week. Um, for anybody that's listening to the podcast, watching or listening, um, Dog Pound Nation, Cleveland Browns podcast. You can follow us on Facebook as well. Um, we'll be making our return for the new season this season Thursday. Two. Season two begins with a big NFL draft special. Uh, we will be going for the first time. We are going to be doing uh, live in person, both of us together in one area mm-hmm. because fuck COVID's rules. <laughs> um but no, we're going to be starting about an hour before the draft, uh, scheduled to go live. We're going to discuss all the trades, free agency uh, news that happened uh, prior to the draft. And then starting, I believe it was, what, 8 o'clock? Draft starts at 8. We're going to go live around 7, so we're going to break down with the Browns uh, free agency and such. And then at 8 p.m., we will be – going live with the first round of the draft be go, keeping track of all the moves that are made what can be done what can be improved what kind of tr- trades we think will happen uh during that night so with that uh we look forward to seeing you guys there as well and ladies and gentlemen this has been lights camera action entertainment reviews Indeed, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Mortal Kombat re- uh, review. That's a wrap. Cut and print. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. And coming soon, our Jurassic Park retrospective begins, and we review Marvel's WandaVision. To request a review or a podcast on our site, email us at lcaentertainmentreviews at gmail.com or message one of our crew members on Facebook. To read more of our reviews and listen to our podcast, go to lcareviews.com and subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms.
Thank you for listening to the Lights, Camera, Action Entertainment Reviews Podcast.